Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with uh, fellow film critic uh, Adam Long. Uh, we're going to talk about movies right here on WGWG. Hey, man, how are you, bud? I'm doing okay. I hope you are uh, as well. I am. I am uh, glad Glad to hear you're doing well, man. Uh, it, is, uh, it is, we are approaching Adam Award season. And uh, actually, we're not approaching it. We're already here. Really, once uh, Halloween is gone, then you start seeing uh, some of these films that will pop up that, uh, that they're wanting critics to be aware of. They start sending you emails, start sending you uh, invites. They start doing all sorts of things. And, uh, and that's going to be happening for the next, uh, the next few weeks oh, yeah. uh, as we approach, uh, approach voting time. Um, the, uh, yeah. the Critics' Choice Awards... Uh, they're going to be handed out around the first week or so of December, and so uh, you know that's uh, they're, they're wanting to make sure that that uh, that all the Critics Choice folks get a chance to see films uh, early, and um, and so uh, we'll be talking about a lot of those things as we're as we're approaching that time period as well. You got a uh, Casey Affleck. Yeah, there's yep. quite a few of them out there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be uh, be chatting about those. Uh, also, we'll we'll talk about uh, some DVD. Uh, Blu-ray releases. I'll let you talk talk about those. I know you're always hot on that. And uh, we'll look at the box office. Uh, we'll look at uh, last weekend's box office, and then look at uh, new things in theaters as well. Uh, the arrival, a big thing opening this weekend. And uh, why don't we go ahead and dive in uh, right away uh, and let listeners uh, know about uh, about Arrival. Uh, got Amy Adams uh, in this film. Uh, you got three films in a wide release this week, and you've got Almost Christmas, the comedy. You've got Shut In, uh, which is a thriller, and then you've got Arrival, uh, the sci-fi picture um, with uh, with Amy Adams and uh, Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker uh, also in this. So let's get your thoughts on Arrival. Uh, well, it's uh, if anybody has looked uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, they'll see that it's trending at 100%. It's a perfect score, and so far nobody has taken that down a notch, but... Uh, all the coll- all of our colleagues really loved it. They thought it was uh, perfect, uh, near perfect to perfect. Uh, but I was the one naysayer in the bunch. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's get your thoughts on why you did not like uh, Arrival. Uh, you know, I, sometimes you have to question your own uh, thoughts about things. But I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get on board with it a hundred percent. I thought that it was. Um, uh, that there's some really good stuff there. Uh, the the film grabs you right from the get go. The, the opening sequence uh, it involves Amy Adams recounting a daughter that she had lost, and the the film just takes you in the matter of a few moments uh, through the life of a child from birth to death. Wow! As a yeah. teenager, yeah. and you just are immediately sucked into this. You're like, oh wow, this is. This is going someplace. This is something. I mean, I was almost in tears just within three minutes. And then the film moves on to its main plot, which is the arrival of the film's title of these aliens, which is very reminiscent of Contact in a lot of ways. I thought it was very derivative because they're trying to decode the message that the aliens are sending us as they were in Contact. I just I felt like there was a lot of elements borrowed from contact and nobody else seemed to really have a problem with that but but I did and then you know the film keeps switching back and forth there's flashbacks to this child that she's lost and she's a linguistics professor that they've uh, brought in to decode these messages and um, I have to uh, one, 
one of our other colleagues that was there who who enjoyed the film, but he he had a problem with the uh, the linguistics part of it. He says, "Well, you know, decoding symbols is interesting, but not necessarily a cinematic subject." And that was that hit the nail on the head for me because I felt like it just really got dull and tedious when with all these uh, this this subplot of uh, the, the the machinations of going in there to decode this message that the aliens are trying to send us and and then and then it gets into this grade b plot uh where the military is standing off against the aliens and it's up to amy adams to save the world and uh you know and it and it all does tie back into this child that she's lost and and there's some really profound moments involving that and you know this this tragedy that she's had to endure but uh, the alien stuff works half of the time the the human drama is is terrific uh it, and it works perfectly but it's a mixed bag for me because uh like i said the the a- actual alien invasion stuff it, they're marketing this film as a sci-fi film and yeah it, it is uh but it's not i think a lot of people are going to be disappointed once they get there thinking it's some kind of slam bang action you know thing it's it's not it's a very uh, measured and intelligent take on uh, uh, the alien invasion plot, but uh, it still, it doesn't quite work for me, although there are some real great moments in there. So I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay, well, B minus. Uh, well, you know, uh, well, you know, with, with uh, alien invasion films or alien visitation films, if you want to call them that, you know, we're no stranger to that. I mean, that's been going on uh, for, for, you know, decades in Hollywood, and uh, you know, you can look at Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and that is really not a sci-fi film in the essence of the sci-fi action. It really is a thinking person's, um, you know, science fiction film. And then, um, you know, as far as trying to communicate with aliens and trying to figure out what they're trying to tell you and, and trying to figure out what you can tell them, I mean, that's you know, you you see that in uh, Close Encounters, and you also saw that in The Abyss back in. Uh, you know, in the late 1980s, uh, you know, very similar. Now, it did, of course, add the, the James Cameron uh, action elements to it. But when you get to the heart of that, it really is about um, about the, the communication aspect and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, what are we doing and what, uh, you know, what are we doing wrong and, 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 you know, why are we doing what we're doing to each other? And, uh, you know, you see that kind of playing over and over and over again. So, you know, these kind of uh, uh, films are not new. Um, and, and, you know, how do you make the new? And, uh, you know, I don't know that there's an answer to that. I don't know how you can make the new because we've, we've seen so many different levels of this go on over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, we go back to Independence Day. I mean, that one was a full-blown, not just an alien visitation. That was an alien. We're going to take you over and, you know, and destroy you. War of the Worlds. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, um, it is not new. And so I guess that question is, how do you make it fresh? How do you make it new? How do you make it appeal to uh, to a widespread audience? And um, from from you know what you're saying, it did not appeal to you. Uh, it had elements of it that that worked, uh, but but sounds like more elements of it did not work for you. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, over, over the course of the weekend. Uh, any other thoughts on Arrival? No, I think that pretty much uh, is is my take on it. Uh, like I said, everybody seems to love it. I, in fact, a couple of our colleagues said it was even better than Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is high praise. Wow, that and, is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think they're all going to really rave about it when you see their reviews. But uh, 
I guess I'm going to be the naysayer in the group. I have to be honest. All right. Well, uh, well, let's. I uh, appreciate that, man. Appreciate your thoughts on the arrival. Actually, uh, not the arrival. It's just called arrival. That's uh, right. Not to be confused with uh, the Charlie Sheen version uh, of a sci-fi film called The Arrival uh, a few years ago. The uh, box office last weekend, um, Doctor Strange number one uh, last weekend at the box office. Uh, huge, huge opening for that uh, with. Uh, you know, a superhero that's been around since 1963, a different kind of superhero, kind of uh, Harry Potter on steroids, if you want to want to look at it that way, but not one that's your mainstay Captain America, Superman, Batman uh, kind of character that everybody knows about. So, uh, talk about we're going to talk about Doctor Strange, uh, Trolls, also a big last weekend, uh, number two at the box office. Uh, the soundtrack of that is uh, is doing quite well. Also, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, number three, last weekend at the box office. Uh, the Accountant, uh, Ben Affleck's film, still in the top five, uh, number four last weekend. And Inferno, uh, Tom Hanks in at number five with the Ron Howard-directed uh, piece. Uh, and, and we're not going to talk about Boo, a Medea Halloween, but uh, it was just outside of the top five. <laughs> um, the, of course, the film that no critics ever get a chance to go see. Uh, uh, not nor, that, nor would we want to, right? Nah, I was going to say, nor would we want to. <laughs> well, let me get your thoughts on, uh, on any of these in the top five, and you can kind of choose your pick on where you want to start, man. Uh, well, we can start with Doctor Strange, which is an obvious uh, place to start, I think. Uh, I, again, thought it was a mixed bag. Uh, I thought it started out well. Um, you know, there's an interesting uh, human story there. You've got a surgeon who's arrogant and uh, basically so self-involved that he doesn't really pay attention to anybody except himself. And he's in this, uh, you know, has a seemingly perfect life and perfect world. And then in a matter of moments, his world comes crashing to a halt when he's in this car accident that ruins his hands. And, of course, it's uses his hands to do surgery, you know, that's his job. And so that's an interesting thing, and, and so he you know, wants to get healed and doing what he used to do, and uh, he, he has to kind of uh, become humanized in the process. And he finds a guy who used to, uh, who had a similar injury and uh, knew someone who was able to heal him, and so he uh, is turned on to this uh the Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton, who is this, uh, I, I don't know how you would describe her. She's some sort of an ancient uh, mystic or yeah, yeah. something. That's, and a, that's a perfect he, way to He winds her. up in these uh, Middle East, you know, in, 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 uh, in Asian countries, and he's globetrotting over there, and he's taught the ways of the, um, uh, mysticism, and he's able to change time and make it go forward and make it go backwards and it just it gets so crazy and convoluted it's at one point i just threw my hands up in the air and just gave up pretty much i during the last hour i said okay this we've just entered it just gets more ridiculous as it goes along when it gets away from the human element and it just it just really collapses under the weight of all the cgi overkill during the last hour i mean it's it's not a terrible movie but it's not the uh, the great film. And I'd probably just as soon see the 1979 or 78 uh, made-for-TV version of Doctor <laughs> exactly. Strange. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was my take on it. But. Yeah, no, you, did have a, you did have a good cast. Rachel McAdams, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Tilda Swinton. I, um, I, I thought the cast was strong. Um, 
I, I felt like I was watching, um, you know, um, a daddy. Um, I felt like I was watching a daddy Harry Potter meets Inception uh, meets the Marvel Universe. And um, I, I kind of agree with you that there was just a, a lot of things going on. And, and visually, I will say visually, it was pretty interesting. Um, this is one of those films in 3D that I think actually uh, actually worked in 3D. Um, and uh, because there was so much uh, unusual aspects of what they were doing uh, visually that I think it worked. Uh, I, I don't like 3D uh, as, a, as a norm, and um, when all is said and done, I'd, I'd prefer not to watch 3D films, but this one I think actually, uh, to me, it actually enhanced it uh, a bit uh, from a visual standpoint. Uh, I thought Cumberbatch was... I just like him. I think he is a, is a wonderful actor, and I think he was a good choice for Strange. Um, you know, he had that kind of arrogance uh, that that uh, that came across, and it really, to me, it worked. Uh, I felt like I uh, I felt he was real to the role, um, but I, you know. I'm I'm not as much drawn into the the whole mysticism aspect of a of a superhero as I am uh, somebody like uh, you know the Hulk or or even a Spider Man, so right. um, you know not my not my favorite uh, superhero. Uh, even though I I had several Doctor Strange comics, but but more I had the comics with him serving as a team member uh, for for uh, for something like he was a Defenders team member at one point, and um, I, you know just. It was just okay to me. Um, I, I, I gave this a, a, a C plus. Um, I, I couldn't do a whole lot more than that. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. Um, I, I'm, I continue to be glad to see the Marvel threads and see what they do. I mean, that's something that, that we've talked about before. That Marvel does well. They, they keep these storylines connected. And, uh, and that is a difficult, it really is a difficult thing to do. Uh, because you had to remember everything that came before and how do you connect the pieces. And I think they've done that incredibly well. Um, whether they've done it, whether I've liked every single film that they've done it with, that's a different story. But I do think they've done, uh, they've con- connected all of those pieces of the puzzle together very well. Um, mm-hmm. So what is your rating for this? Oh, I'd give it a B minus, I okay. guess. Okay. I like uh, Arrival. Okay. All right. We're, we're not, too, not too far apart there. Uh, other films uh, there in the uh, in the top five at the box office that you want to uh, touch on? Any of those? Uh, yeah, we can we can hit a couple of them real quick, very briefly. Uh, Inferno, uh, saw that, uh, and it's uh, you know it's lesser of the three films based on this character, the uh, the same character that uh, inhabits the Da Vinci Code yep. and Angels and Demons. This is the same uh, the um, the guy who. Uh, symbiologist, I guess you would call yeah, him, played yeah, by Tom yeah, Hanks, who yeah. decodes these. Uh, here we are decoding symbols. Exactly, again. need to get him and, and, <laughs> get him and Amy Adams together. You know. Yeah, yeah, boy, that, that'd be a, a duo, wouldn't they? Yeah. But um, yeah, this one was, and I don't think it's so much Ron Howard's direction. He does the best he can with it, but these novels are really for people who want to think they're smart. Uh, you know, the, the, that's what I think these these novels are. They try to be highbrow, but in a in a mass-produced way. Uh, but they're not really all that smart when you scrutinize them and inspect them. <laughs> There's not much to them, and uh, this film is further proof of that. The storytelling is just kind of ridiculous at turns, and 
Uh, you know, I think the stylistic touches are okay by Ron Howard. He tries to goose it up with some some interesting visuals, but it just doesn't. It just never really comes to life. Uh, and there is a little bit of a twist with the. Uh, a character that you think is good that turns out to be bad about at the hour and 15 minute mark. I kind of uh, came out of my slumber a little bit, uh, <laughs> or semi slumber. I wasn't asleep, but I was going that way. And uh, so that you, you kind of uh, become more alert at that point. But it's just, it's not a great film. It's not, it's the lesser of these three. And that's not saying much because the other two weren't great either. What, uh, what rating are you giving this? Uh, I'd give it about a minus okay uh, I, I actually I, I enjoyed this one better better than you did I am drawn to uh, to puzzles and to uh, I'm, I'm drawn to these these films where there's a mystery and uh, and, and I will uh, agree that this is not um, the, the best of this this kind of film by, by any means but uh, it's still to me uh, you say it tries to be kind of the the, the highbrow I, I really I, I go into this going okay I don't have to think too hard of it I'm gonna have fun. Uh, I'm going into it, uh, eating some popcorn and kind of seeing where the ride takes me. And so uh, I actually uh, I enjoyed the ride. Um, it was um, to me it was it was interesting to see what was unfolding and and the pieces of the puzzle. As we're talking about the pieces of the puzzle again, uh, you know which pieces uh, which pieces fit. There were some didn't quite uh, give me the full picture as I would have hoped, but but still. Uh, I actually uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought it was worth uh, worth going to going to check out. Uh, I actually gave this one uh, this one a B minus. So uh, we're off a little bit on that one. Um, all right. Uh, now, did you get a chance to check out Hacksaw Ridge? Uh, yes, I did. All right. I did get a chance to check out Hacksaw Ridge, and I uh, I did uh, enjoy it. All I, right. I think it is a very well made uh, anti war film. I guess you would say. Uh, because it, it tells a very interesting story about a guy who was, uh, he saved 75 lives, and yet he never toted a gun yeah, uh, in yeah. World War II. He's a pacifist. And uh, yeah. uh, the first hour of the film, I thought, was uh, the less compelling part of it. Um, you, you, you have, they have to set up the character, I guess, and they show you his rural uh, background in Virginia, you know, growing up, and, and why he became a pacifist, and this, that, and the other. But and that was fine, but then they had they just couldn't resist themselves by sticking in some corn pone humor that that really uh, the audience I was with seemed to be enjoying it, but I didn't think it was very funny. I just felt like it was on the sitcom level uh, type type of humor, uh, so I was kind of groaning with that. And then you get into this thirty minute section of the film where he's fighting the military as to whether he. Uh, should leave the military or whether they're going to make him carry a gun and yada, yada, yada. So there's a whole courtroom thing and that kind of, we've seen that, been there, done that so many right, times. Right. But then the battle of Hexall Ridge yeah. uh, kicks in at about the one hour mark and that's where the movie really hits its stride. Uh, is some of the most uh, well, um, uh, well-orchestrated battle footage that we've probably seen as far as, I mean, this makes... Uh, Saving Private Ryan looked like uh, an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood almost. It's uh, <laughs> it's very, very, very graphic stuff. I mean, you have uh, uh, corpses strolling about with their entrails hanging out and, and rats feeding on them and that kind of stuff. And it's in fact, there was a couple that <clears throat> sat uh, at the screening uh, to my left, and they got up at the ninety minute mark. They couldn't take any more. Yeah. They just couldn't take it. Yeah, it's so, uh, you know, but but you, you know, know, it's uh, it is a graphic film, but there's a reason for the yep. graphic violence yep. because that's you know we have to show 
the uh, the horrors of war. We yeah. have to if we're going to do a film like if somebody's going to do a film like this, they should illustrate the horrors of war and do it in a realistic way because that's the point of it. War is a horrible thing. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, in that respect, this film does uh, does what it's supposed to do, and there's some some emotional stuff there during the the last, like I said, during the last hour, and nobody does. Uh, um, Mega violence like Mel Gibson right. anyway, as evidenced Absolutely. by his other films. Yes. So anyway, it's good. B plus uh, because of the first hour. I can't give it an A uh, because that first hour is a little bit of a. It, it's a little too broad for me. But uh, that last hour really yeah. does makes it worth uh, seeing. So yeah, I think I think uh, Mel G- yeah Mel Gibson did uh, an absolutely wonderful job. Uh, the cast starring uh, you know Spider Man uh, Andrew Garfield. Uh, as the lead, Sam Worthington also in this, Hugo Weaving, uh, Rachel Griffiths, and uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, all in this film. Uh, yeah, Gibson really nailed it uh, yeah. with this movie. And uh, he, he just, he, he, you know, he's continuing to prove that he can do it. Uh, even when people have tried to count him out and say he doesn't have it anymore, um, he finds a way to come back and do something like this. And I'm just, I'm incredibly impressed with it. Uh, I think Andrew Garfield did a wonderful job, um, you know, as this character of someone who said, "No, I'm not going to carry a weapon." Um, yeah, I'll, I will, I will, I will go into war, but I'm not going to carry this weapon. And you're right; that last, that last section, that last act of the film was just absolutely compelling and um, graphic, without a doubt. But, but as we've seen, you mentioned Saving Private Ryan. That, that's some pretty graphic scenes as well. Braveheart. You know, you go back to an, another uh, war film that uh, that Mel Gibson did, a different kind of war, but it was pretty graphic uh, as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, to be able to do a film like this, you you really do need to show the horrors of what is out there. And uh, I am the the grandson of a of, of a D Day survivor, and uh, when my grandfather uh, told me some of the stories at the 50th anniversary of D Day. Um, it really opened up my eyes and took me a, one step closer to, to really what that was like to hear it from someone, uh, a firsthand account. And so to see films like this and to see that, uh, that kind of carnage play out, it, it's tough to watch. It's incredibly tough to yeah. watch. But if you're going to do it and you're going to be, a, if you're going to reflect what happened, I think you've got to, you can't shy away from the violence um, you can't shy, shy away from the horrors of what happened uh, in wartime because it is, my, my grandfather said, he said it, it, is, it is as close to hell on earth as, as anybody will ever, ever experience. And, uh, and I think that is, that is absolutely true. And this is coming from someone who's never been there, but, uh, but I know people who have. And so uh, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, A minus, uh, A minus for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think the the courtroom scene, uh, courtroom section that that act two, uh, you know, could have been a, a little bit shorter. I understand why they did it, and, and it it did. To me, it was uh, you needed to have it to understand the full story. I do think it was important to have it, but uh, I don't I don't know that it needed to be quite as long as it did. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, man. Uh, well, definitely, uh, well, definitely. well, good takes, good thoughts here. We've got uh, got about seven minutes, so let's talk about some of the Blu-ray and uh, and the DVD releases uh, that you want to uh, chat about. 
Well, we can do that for sure. Uh, got got some interesting stuff. Um, yesterday, uh, we'll, we'll try to cover the last two weeks. Uh, sure, yesterday, sounds great. The, um, and the, and the we and the week before that. Uh, yesterday, we had Bubba Hotep with uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Love Bruce Campbell, man. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, directed by Don Coscarelli, who made the uh, Phantasm films. If you haven't seen that, I don't know how to describe it. He plays Elvis, and uh, uh, Aussie Davis uh, plays a guy who thinks he's John F. Kennedy or claims he is, and he's in this older guy in a rest home, and they team up. And I, I don't know. It's, the plot is just so quirky, I don't even know how to describe it. So, uh <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, which is a uh, series of Japanese films that are uh, quite good. Uh, they were made in the early 70s. There are six films. Uh, they were, this is, it's a continuing series, kind of like James Bond or something. Uh, they cut them all down into a, uh, a two-hour film in the early 80s and called it Shogun Assassin. Uh, well, Criterion has issued a... A Blu-ray edition of all of the Lone Wolf and Cub films and the re-edited version called Shogun Assassin. So you can get those. Uh, they're out there, and that's highly recommended from yours truly. Uh, Rush Hour Trilogy, which is you know all three of the Rush Hour films, and those were released as a package together. Uh, Daredevil, the complete first season. Uh, you have that. Yeah, um, and, I, and I'll say that, that is a that is a great as as good of a first season uh, of really any uh, any genre um but if you're going to talk about looking at gritty uh, dark superheroes uh, I, I would highly recommend uh, checking out daredevil first season oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's it's, it's good stuff uh i uh i befriended the editor of that show when i was out in california the last time uh john chibnall and uh, he had some interesting stories to talk to talk about that i met him at a uh a, a, a memorial service for director john gillerman and so that was uh he was it was interesting um, but also, I, the jury. Do you remember that the Mickey Spillane film that was oh, yeah. based on the uh, uh, the um, the Mike Hammer character? Absolutely, the yeah. Feature film Armand Desante from 1982, and uh, this is written by Larry Cohen, who uh, also directed Q the Winged Serpent and the It's Alive films. And uh, uh, I I have gotten a review copy of it, but have not gotten a chance to take a look at it. But I can't wait to revisit this. It was a staple of HBO and the early 80s now i remember it being quite quite good actually <laughs> so uh that one's, we also uh, have no, indignation no, which don't. came out earlier this year it's a uh adaptation of a philip roth novel uh written and directed by james seamus who was the uh, partner of ang lee and uh, he was ang lee uh, the director's uh, uh writing partner for many years uh, i saw indignation and i give it a b plus it's uh Probably the best Philip Roth adaptation that there is out there, and his stuff's hard to adapt. But this one comes as close as, as they're probably going to get. Uh, we also have Sausage Party, which surprisingly is not as filthy as you might be led to believe. It's uh, yeah, there's some raunchy stuff going on there, but it actually has a story that I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, even though it's not perfect, it's I thought it was kind of fun in a way. Uh, so B-plus on that one. Taxi Driver 40th Anniversary Edition came out from Sony, uh, fresh off of its, uh, its Fathom Events. Yeah, with some great, several uh, theaters. some great bonus uh, material on that as well. Right, yeah. I just got mine yesterday. I haven't gotten a chance to, to look at it yet. But some new stuff, too, new features. Uh, the Goodbye Girl, which uh, <coughs> Richard Dreyfuss won his... Uh, 
uh, Best Actor Oscar for that one, and uh, with also Marsha Mason and you know written by Neil Simon. Uh, but if you haven't seen The Goodbye Girl, that's um, that's a classic. Yeah, and a great a great great theme song by uh, David Gates. No, no, no. Right. Da- who was it? Was it? Uh, it was David. Gates. It was David Gates. Right. Okay, there you yes. go. And uh, let's not forget last week. And uh, you, if you haven't gotten this one, I know you're going to. Doc Savage, Man of Bronze. Oh, uh, man. No, don't have it yet, but you, you're right. You're exactly right. I am going to get that. Um, fan of that, man, from, from the time it came out. I'm a big fan of the Doc Savage books um, uh-huh. and the comic books as well. And uh, I really hoped that they would have continued to have done uh, the Doc Savage films. And I know there's been talk about it. And you got Dwayne The Rock Johnson attached to, uh, to it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it... Do you think it's actually going to happen? I mean, are we we're going to see it happen? I don't know. I I, I think uh, now would be the time. The time is right for something like that. I don't know if it will or not, but I think now is the time. So um, you know, if they're going to do it now, I think now now would, would be the time for them to to think about resurrecting that uh, that series. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, I, I it was. You know, you talk about before your Indiana Jones, uh, you know, really before your, uh, I mean, the Doc Savage books, uh, I mean, they go back to the, you know, the, the 30s. And, yeah. And yeah. uh, so, you know, you're talking about before before James Bond, you had this yeah. guy who was kind of a mixture of both. Uh, yeah, yeah, Doc Savage is great. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. will definitely be getting that, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, they, I don't know if there are any extras on it, but it's certainly got a remastered, uh, the picture's been remastered and, uh it's a Warner Archives release, and it never even got a proper DVD release. So this is this is really good news for people who are a fan of that, yeah. including yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Snoopy Come Home and Boy Named Charlie Brown have uh, been put together in a single set uh, from Paramount. And if you're a fan of those, which I am, especially Boy Named Charlie Brown, I really love that. And uh, that's the one where he goes to the spelling bee, if you remember. Oh, yeah. But those are yeah. Both, both theatrical films uh, released in theaters, and uh, they've been issued. And... Um, and I, Bad Moms was issued uh, that came out last summer, and Star Trek Beyond. And right, oh yeah, yep, that was a good yeah, film. So, good film. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, man, uh, and the uh, 1981 film Neighbors with John Belushi. Okay, was, yeah, uh, his final film, and yeah. that's it. All right, man, there's a great list. Uh, always great to have you on our show, Adam. Uh, really good talking to you. Always. Uh, this here. is uh, this is Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning the second. That's Adam Long. Uh, you can find Adam. Where can they find you, Adam? Well, you can find me at uh, focusnewspaper.com. All right. That's where all my reviews are posted. And uh, once a month, I make an appearance on Movie Geeks United, where we do a two-hour show devoted nothing but uh, to nothing but uh, the the month's um, uh, home video releases. And that's on. Uh, you can get that at iTunes and MovieGeeksUnited.net. Uh, but our our last one is was posted two weeks ago, so we got one up there. So so yeah, so I'm here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> All right, Adam. Thanks as always, man, and thanks to everybody who listens and spends time with us, uh, hearing us talk about movies and taking part uh, the conversation. You can always find us on SoundCloud.com. Look for WGWG and Cinema Scene. You can download any of our episodes there. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook and WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.